In the studio with my favorite human being, Jim D. Low. Good morning. Walking in here with my with my microphone you were too off. Excited. And you know why? Because I say stupid things like during the break, my mic was live. Luckily, I had it turned off there uh, while we were talking just now. I'm doing good, man. I'm always honored to be on your podcast. You got a special guest today. We sure do. But before we do that, what have you been doing? You know, I just finished a half marathon, did uh, 13.1 miles in two hours and six minutes, be my time by 30 minutes. Um, next year, I'll be in the marathon to Chicago, which is debuting Sunday, so I'll make sure I'm not in the city. Um, but not getting a tan like you. Your suntan still looks nice on you. San Diego, baby. I'm not doing Hollywood and Miami and all that stuff like you are, but uh, remind people what you do. I uh, work for Paragon Marketing Group on the ESPN account team where I go out and cover all of our ESPN top 25 basketball players, uh, our ESPN 300 football players, and we highlight those guys and their schools on national television. And uh, as Paragon's being the middleman, that's our responsibility to make sure ESPN looks great. And um, we have our volleyball showcase this weekend in Dallas um, that I'm looking forward to watching because volleyball has been a hot commodity. But going out, covering athletes, and looking for the latest uh, sports headlines. So two things here. Uh, Dewan and I haven't caught up, and we'll get to our guest. Uh, first of all, we're doing this uh, Division Two tournament down the way here with I don't know how many games, but it's from 9 in the morning to 10 at night, uh, two different conferences playing each other. GLVC versus the GLIAC. It's a really big deal, and we got that contract, and we will be nice. broadcasting that next Friday and next Saturday, right? So if you get any time, if, if you're in town, yeah. you could stop by and Absolutely. maybe help them out I a saw little the, bit. I saw All the right? broadcast. It looks nice. Yeah, I make, was talking to Andrew about it. Yeah, so uh, you know if you could stop by in that. Also, I very rarely tell you who to, uh, you know, who to interview. Can you show that picture of Jordan Beasley? Jordan uh, was here before you, and uh, he is player something or other at uh, the Denver Broncos. He grew up right behind here, and uh, you may remember him, but he was a ham and high guy, and he would lie in the morning and say that he went to the dentist like 33 times so that he could be on with me in the morning. <laughs> and he moved up, and he went to the University of Indianapolis. And uh, can you interview him? 
I if, can. If, if it's Zoom boss. or whatever, yeah. I will give you his uh, cell phone. And uh, he, I'm sure he'll, he, he loves talking about the region. He loves mentoring people, and he's a positive individual. There he is. With, it's right after they beat the Bears. And Jordan's walking off the field. He's walking off the field with Russell Wilson. And I'm like, hey, it's Jordan on TV. And I'm like, Jordan, you, you grew up a Bears fan. What are you doing? But look at him right there. But anyways, you're going to get him, and that'll be cool. Well, I appreciate that. I'm always eager to have new guests. And I text Coach Boswell. Uh, multiple times, you know, I have some of my guys reach out to him. Kim Robinson's son reached out. And I, after my run, I wanted to start off this October on a strong note. So I was like, let me text Coach Boswell again because I'm feeling good after this run. And um, luckily he texted back and was like, I'm down. And um, I was elated. And that's why when I text you this morning, I'm happy you could be in here with Did us. Did you know, uh, Coach, how are you? Great. How you doing? Good, man. Good, good, You got good. a good radio voice, doesn't <laughs> he? You. Yeah, Thank he does. There's Thank three you. good radio voices in here today. Hey, we'll make something happen then. Coach, you, where, did you go to Westside? I did. I did, class 97. And then uh, you've been back now coaching how long? This is my second year as head coach. Yeah, I was an assistant a while back, maybe two different stints as an assistant, but this is my first time back as head coach, year two. So uh, you've never been in these studios, right? No, it's really nice. Nice setup you got here. This is really cool. So uh, before Dewan Do goes into kind of pelting you with questions, I would like to give it a little context. Uh, I, I knew uh, Elger's mom. She was a judge, a very respected judge here in Lake County for a lot of years. And quite frankly, she mentored a lot of younger judges and magistrates, and my wife is one of them, and that's how I got to know your uh, mom, but you probably don't remember this, that when you were a little kid, <laughs> you were over here doing like kinder music or something in, right. in Highland at the Lincoln Center. Okay. And your mom brought you over there and uh, you would run around. You weren't all for sitting still very much. And I threw a ball around with you a few times. You you don't remember that. That's but uh, cool. it was pretty cool. And I'm like, that's you're bringing Elger in here? I remember him from being this big and you're a big guy now. That's pretty cool. But so many people have stories uh, of, you know, me, their hanging out with my mom or with my dad who taught school in Gary for so long. They remember me, you know, him yeah. bringing me to class and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's always funny when I hear those stories. So if I could just uh, start this out, uh, Dewan. Uh, yeah. Typically he brings someone in and then he's like, well, they got a connection. He brought in Kim Robinson the other day and thought he was going to talk to her, and Kim and I are just reminiscing <laughs> for, like, ever. But I don't want to do that to him this no, time. But uh, I do – we're going to play uh, some highlights right now from a very big football game. Let's just run through it. Is it about two minutes? Let's play this, and then we'll uh, come back and maybe talk over it a little bit. This is on Friday night, and it was a huge Gary Westside uh, win, and uh, quite frankly, one of the biggest, uh, the only time in your program history that you beat Griffith, right? Yeah, yeah. Going back uh, as far as as far as we could find, this is the only time we've beaten. Griffith, and the only time a Gary school has beaten them since 73, I believe. So uh, Griffith had a long run of, of being, you know, a region power. I think they're on their way back to prominence uh, as well. You scored a touchdown right there. Can you pause for a second or go back and do that again? Who's running the touchdown in right here? This is early on in the game. Who is this? That's Amarion Yoborough. That's our uh, big running back. He's a senior. He about, goes about 220 pounds. 
uh, was all conference last year. And that's um, number two, right? That's number two. All right, and uh, let's uh, you're, you you get the two point conversion there. Go back on Amarion again, or there. He, that, who's this? Who's this running back? The second touchdown was a reverse to one of our wide receivers, Kiowa Burrell, who's also a senior. Look at this! Look at that! Made a couple wow. of guys miss. Hit the sideline. I thought he was going to run out of gas, but you know, Kiowa's a playmaker, and you know, he he asked for the ball. In a big situation, and he made a play. Uh, yeah, just run it all the way through. Uh, yeah, let's see this. See, one, two, three, four. There's a fifth guy that looked like he had an angle. There's a sixth guy. Yeah, I thought that guy was going to get him. So all I ever really heard about is Yarborough. Yeah. Okay, I never heard about this yeah. guy. Who, who's he? What's Ki- his deal? Kiowa is uh, He's actually on our starting corners. He's mm-hmm. a starting corner, and... Uh, Unlike most cornerbacks, he can catch the ball a little bit. So we rotate him in on offense as a wide receiver. You know, we, we mostly run the ball or power offense. But uh, a couple weeks ago, he made some big plays for us in the passing game. And so he's getting a little more rotation in it at wide receiver. But he's a starting corner for us as well. All right, I'll just run that thing through, we And we'll watch it. So you're up on Griffith, and you had to hold on to the lead. And uh, we'll watch the rest of this. So uh, that is the, uh, I think that's uh, the beginning right there. Let's just follow it all the way through. So there's Yarborough there, scores a touchdown. Let's watch that uh, run once again with Kiowa. Am I saying that right? Kiowa. Yeah. Kiowa. Like yeah. Iowa with the K. Yeah, so Kiowa. And uh, you're up 8 to nothing on Griffith at halftime, which is surprising everybody. But, but, not, us. but not, not us. Yeah, okay. not us. And here's Kiowa. That's mm. one of the better runs. Uh, Robert Aguirre, we see a lot of runs. That's pretty impressive uh, right there. Rob's a producer on all of our sports. Yeah, that, that one right there, that's one of the best of the season I've seen. Yeah, and then here you go. The, the Griffith's able to run it up on, run it up the middle, and then they run it out of that back right there. He's pretty good, too, for Griffith. Yeah, Griffith has a couple good backs. I like number four, and then they give the, the sweep out there to number six. He's pretty quick, so they, they got some weapons. Yes, and so... They missed the extra point, and there it is. That is the first time that Westside beats Griffith ever. How's it feel? Feels great. Feels great. I'm happy for the kids. You know, they worked hard uh, all summer long, all summer long, and uh, this is our first year in this conference. And I kept telling them every game is going to be a big game in this conference, you know. Um, Griffith had a great atmosphere, had a great uh, their band was there. It was it was senior night, so the crowd, the stands were full, and our kids embraced the atmosphere. And I told them um, at halftime, you know, whenever you go to bed and you dream of making a touchdown play, it's in front of a big crowd. It's not in front of, you know, 200 people. You dream of making plays in front of 2,000, 20,000, 200,000 people. So uh, it was a big stage for us, and our and our boys stepped up, and I was proud of them, and we got out to a lead and had to hold on. We knew Griffith was going to bounce back. You know, they're a tough, tough ball club. Um, and we held on at the end, and our defense made the stop at the end that we needed to. So that was great for us. You know, uh, one of the, I went out to the game, and I was uh, I didn't stay, but I came out, and I like to watch people warm up and check on our broadcasters. That was broadcasted right here on Jed TV. And you can kind of tell by looking, and I always looked, oh, do they have the athletic linemen? Where'd you get all these guys? <laughs> that is one thing we have. We have a 
uh, a school full of big guys. You yes, know, when you I first do. when I first took the job last year, we were short on skill guys. So I didn't have a lot of receivers. I didn't have a lot of defensive backs. Um, you know, we 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 got into the track team and we uh, recruited kids off the basketball court to get them to come play because we were lacking in skill, but we were not lacking in size. There are a ton of big men walking around our our campus, and that's why we're we embrace being a power run team because we have some big guys that other guys do not have. Last year we had Derek Mister who went on to now he's playing at University of Minnesota. He was an All State offensive tackle, and you don't you don't get many six seven three hundred pound guys that. Also play basketball, so he can move. Um, so um, we got a lot of them in the building, and and we embrace it, and that that's kind of our identity to be a power offense and bring that kind of style of play back to the region that used to be a staple, but now everyone wants to spread it out. But we 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 get in two backs and we run downhill right at you. This is the Wads podcast, and here's how <laughs> this goes. I get to talk to you for a little bit, and then I got to no, get out. Great. And he's going to talk to you personally about you and awesome. your leadership, especially leadership skills. But uh, we also are recording. We got a caller, too. Yeah, we're recording this live. So okay. if anybody else wants to call in and talk to Coach Boswell, 219-845-1100. Let's talk to Dennis on line 599. Dennis. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, Coach. Congratulations to Nice season you guys are popping so far. I, I, you guys actually caught my eye with that win over River Forest, who's having not too bad a year this year. And, yeah, River's uh, that's good. When it first popped up on my radar there. And But, uh, you know, no one's put more football players into D1 and into the pros than Westside. You got anyone, uh, any names on the roster this year? Or you mentioned Mr. from last year, but you got anyone looking like that this year? Yeah, I think uh, as far as pro goes, De'Eric, De'Eric is on that trajectory. I mean, he's at a Division, yeah, I think one, he is, yeah. Division one program. Minnesota has a great history of linemen. Uh, we've got some underclassmen who who I think could could uh, could potentially be Division one players. They've got the academics and the athleticism. Um, they're, they're a couple years down the road, but Marcel Dixon, he's our starting safety. He's a sophomore. He's got good height. He, right now he's going about 5'11", 5'10". And he's leading our team in tackles from the safety position with almost 60 tackles, uh, three interceptions, and I think he's got about seven tackles for a loss from safety. Uh, I've got a good linebacker, middle linebacker, Ladarion Newell, who's a a junior, but he's a captain as a junior. Uh, He's got two brothers who've played college football, so having that pedigree. um, You know, as far as pro, that's that's always tough to project, but I think we got a lot of kids who could be – uh, junior college and college athletes, and some who I think could could potentially be Division One in a couple years. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, uh, I think last year, or year before, maybe things were a little bit down. It looks like you're picking it back up, and uh, glad to see that because uh, Westside football is always uh, like there's a lot of talent comes through that program, and uh, whenever it comes together and makes some noise during the season and postseason, even it's, it's a fun thing for the region. So good luck this year, and. Uh, Congrats on the good Don't hang up. I know who this is. You, he was written for the one of the papers forever. What do you think Westside being strong in football, what does that mean to Gary football in general? Well, you know, it reinvigorates the whole, you know, programs throughout the whole city. You know, I, I think it reinvigorates the interest. There's, there's, there's obviously the talent there. There's the athletes there, like Coach says, they're, 
they're in the building, it just reinvigorates the interest, allows it to come together and um, and then produce on the field. But I, and I think it extends beyond Gary to East Chicago, Hammond, you know, other other uh, schools that are, you know, similar inner city schools that, that uh, you know, just need that talent and the, the athletic ability to coalesce around uh, a purpose and a cause and, and some leadership. And, and it does that for, for not just Gary, but uh, all of maybe North Lake County and all of Lake County in general, you know, I think uh, gets interested and excited when Westside football really realizes all of its potential. All right, man. Thanks for answering that. What do you yeah. say about that? What do you say about that? Great He's question, putting a Jim. lot of pressure on you oh, to no, lead. Think about Michler. Think about uh, Morton kicking Central, oh. Hammond Central's butt. Hammond Central looking solid and Gary Westside. Yeah. I would hate to play any one of those three teams in the tournament. Absolutely. And, and he made some great points. Um, I think every few years there's a kind of an inner city uh, revitalization where uh, Gary Hammond and East Chicago are, are all pretty good. I remember, you know, I was coaching back in 2013 when uh, we met with East Chicago in the sectional championship game, but Hammond High was also strong that year, and Hammond Morton had had a history of being strong under under Coach Roy uh, Richards. Um, and, you know, you know, North Lake County kind of gets overlooked a little bit when it comes to football, but when, you know, Hammond and Gary are, are doing our thing, you know, people have to take notice. And I was really excited to see that Morton and Central game last week, and Morton took care surprised? of business. I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I, I, I thought that Morton would win. I didn't think that they would win that big because, uh, you know, they went down to the wire twice last year in the playoffs and in the regular season. And and uh, Hammond Central was able to pull it out, but Morton was right there, even though they were kind of down last year. The kids get up for these these inner city rivalries. So Hammond on Hammond, um, you know, right now we're 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 the you know, the strongest game in town. But Bowman uh, over the years has had some good teams and had some good players as well. Um, but we we look forward to it whenever we play Hammond or another Gary School or East Chicago. You know, our kids get jacked up because they grew up with a lot of these kids. They play Pop Warner with these kids. And, uh, you know, you don't have that same uh, sort of thing in a, in a Hobart where all the kids are going to go to the same place. And it's great for them. They end up with great teams. But these rivalries where the kids grew up together and now they're at different schools, it just adds a different little fuel to the fire. Well, I'm here and I got to leave because otherwise you and I are going to talk the whole time. Eight eight more minutes if possible, (laughs) Jim. I want you to hear it too, like putting your, 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 your crew together, your, your program. I saw you start off with the exterior, which was putting and laying down a new field. How important was that for your kids and just the culture of West side to see some new development take place because now they kind of see the mindset you have to get this program to be a winning club. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, Credit to our athletic director, Robert Lee, who is a Westside alum, who coached Division One football for, I believe, 20 years uh, at Eastern Michigan, Miami of Ohio, all across the MAC. He coached at Butler. Um, you know, I actually remember him when I was a high school athlete. He was coaching at Butler and taking a recruiting trip down there uh, and meeting him. But someone who has has a bigger vision, who's who's seen and been a part of Division One programs and see what it takes to get things done. and It's not just the field. Everything that, that we've asked for, this administration has come through as far 
uniforms or we got to order new helmets. We got to order new shoulder pads. You know, everything we've we've asked for, we've received. So credit uh, Robert Lee and the and the, the uh, executive directors. But um, the field is huge. The field is huge, not only for our kids, but our feeder program as well. The Gary Steelers play and practice there. Uh, the middle school plays uh, at, at our at our field as well. You got numbers on an eighth grade team there? Numbers? Oh, we got we got big numbers. I think we got about forty kids on our eighth grade team. Really? We got about forty kids, and I think they're they're either undefeated or they got one loss. So it's some it's some it's some athletes coming down the down the pipeline. But having them come in. Having their parents come in and see that field, and even our our uh, uh, River Forest came over the next day after we played them and had a uh, had a JV game, and their athletic director was just blown away at our facility. It's 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 really top notch, and you know my my uh, my motto since I took the job has been staying Gary, playing Gary, because so many times our athletes, our parents think that they have to go outside of the community to get, you know, that top-notch facility or that top-notch treatment or that top-notch education. And we've been trying to upgrade everything from top to bottom. The, 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 the school is uh, the education, the, the discipline in the school, all of that is improved uh, under this new administration. We've got a new principal, uh, Mr. Carl Scott, who was, who, was, who was my classmate, graduated in 97 with me. So um, everything is improving, and, and I tell our kids, Every day that we have a responsibility uh, to, to carry our weight. You know, the administration has gone out of their way and spent money to make sure that we have what we need. So it's our responsibility to make sure that we go to class, we you know, have great discipline in the school building, and then we go out on Friday nights and take care of business. And that just means playing hard, you know, playing fast, playing, playing physical, and doing the best you can. And, and we do all that, and, and the scoreboard works itself out. Hey, Jim. When I was at Moorhead State, once I transferred from DePaul, and I was there my last two years, there was a player, Lonnie Johnson, um, who I think went to Gary Westside, yeah. right, Coach? And yep. I was that so covered. Lonnie. I was so out of tune with football in our area. Now I'm, I'm in tune, of course, now. Um, but he went to UK. I went to Moorhead State. Mm-hmm. Anywhere know where Moorhead State is at? It's in uh, Moorhead, Kentucky. It's only a drive up to Lexington. And I never made that relationship with them. And I didn't know that they had a, a kid from my community actually play, get minutes at UK, and now he's, uh, he's playing in the NFL. So let me ask you a question. I feel like you told him the, the slogan, yeah. stay in Gary, play in Gary. That's it. What's right. that mean to you? Great question. Um, what I tell the kids now, right, there is success in our community. You connect with the right. There's a lot of resources in our community. So if you believe and have confidence and you do your part, you will get to where you're trying to achieve. Just because you go out of town, now you have to start all over with your resources and network, and it's going to make it much harder for you to try to come out of that area. Yeah. So I believe that motto, and um, that's why I wanted him here to actually talk about Gary and the facilities that the rich history of Westside is uh, having over there because my mom went there. You know, uh, Coach, you bring that up. Like, you don't have to leave Gary to play high-level athletics. Absolutely. But let's be straight. There's a lot of sixth, seventh, eighth graders, and dad knows, mom knows, hey, you know, he's really good. We're going to move. We're going to move over here. And you you see him playing at Morton. You see him playing at Maryville. You see him playing at Andrean. 
some go to Hobart. I mean, they're they're loaded. Some of these teams with guys who grew up in Gary. Absolutely. So how does I mean? How does that make you feel? Absolutely. And, and you know, every every family's got to make their own decision, and and you got to do what's right for your kid. You got to do what you believe is right. And, and if you believe taking your child uh, out of his home school or where he's been with the kids that he's been with for for seven or eight years and going somewhere else is what's best, then more power to you, you know. But the ones that stay, the ones that stay, the ones who believe, the ones who uh, want what we have to offer, we want to make sure we're offering them um, uh, same, equal, or, or even better facilities, education, product on the field. So some people are always going to go. I think that's just that's it's been that way. Even when I was in high school, there were basketball players that, that, that I went to elementary and middle school, and they went to Maryville, and they ended up winning a state championship in Maryville. Dante Price. And I can name them. Oh, I can, I can name them, too. Yeah, Dante Price was in my sixth grade class. He was the point guard, uh, starting point guard when Maryville went downstate. But, um, you know, it's always, it's always been that way. But for the kids who stay, for those who believe, we believe we've got to put out a comparable product. We have to give a comparable experience. And we're doing that. The facilities are upgraded. You know, our, our uh, team meal program, we've got all the sponsors that come in and donate money so we can feed the kids at least twice a week. I mean, we're just doing amazing things, thanks to our uh, athletic department and, and my coaching staff. Um, we're doing amazing things to provide an experience, a high school experience that I think a kid should have. You know, you shouldn't have less because you're – Playing ball in Gary, and then when we when we get a group that sticks together, that uh, stays the course, we know that we can line up and play football with anybody. You mentioned your coaching staff. Who is it? Yeah, so uh, my defensive coordinator is my, my my best friend and Anthony Jones, who played with me at Westside. Uh, we both got scholarships and went to Ball State. He was a running back at Ball State. Um, I've got some other Westside alums, Marcus Carter who played on that 2013 team that went to the sectional championship. He coaches my defensive backs, uh, Job Smith, Doyle Wesley, uh, Larry Banks, who's a firefighter in the community, who uh, his brother, uh, Terrence Banks, was an awesome running back at Wirt and went on to, I think, Grand Valley and set all type of records there. Um, you know, th that's the staff. You know, we got about five or six guys, and, uh, you know, we just get it done. How important – well, I mean, it sounds like they're your buddies, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, talk about how important it is to have a high-quality staff. I think it's one of the most important things. It's one of the most important things. Not only did I want to make sure that um, guys knew football, um, but football is some, something we can teach. Like, I can teach a coach how to coach a position. Um, I wanted to make sure that they were high-quality men as well. Because we are, we're leading a group of kids, um, and, and we have to, like I said, shift the culture. We have to uh, open these kids' minds up to, to a bigger way of thinking and, and change their mindsets in some ways. So all of these uh, men who are on the staff are professionals. Uh, most of them do not teach in the building. I have one who teaches in the building, with Mr. Uh, Wilson, who coaches my running backs, but he's also a, a history teacher in the building. Uh, and he's an assistant coach on the JV. So making sure that those younger guys have someone in the building who they can go to, as well as myself, is very important. 
but just high high character, high quality men who uh, are family men who know football, and but most importantly, who care about these young men and care about uh, their success first in the classroom and second on the field. He's uh, Elger Boswell. This is being recorded on October 4th of 2023. I have once again hijacked Devon <laughs> Marrero's podcast. No, he's well, the we're all used to this. Hey, hey, this is the last time. You notice time. how he gave me a time. He said, you get to stay till 930. 930, all right. We're <laughs> right on time. I want you to hear this, Jim, because you, you may echo this. Um, coach has a, a plane tatted on his, his wrist, <laughs> and he's been taking pilot lessons at the – the Gary uh, Airport. I want you to elaborate on what got you into taking pilot lessons and how nervous are you when you're up there? That, that, that's a cool story. Um, I took flying lessons when I was in high school. I wow. started taking flying lessons when I was in high school. There was a program called uh, the Chicago African American Pilots Association who came every summer and gave free flying lessons to kids from Gary. Uh, my instructor was named Marshall Knox. He was a former Tuskegee Airman who owned a plane and lived in Chicago, and these guys would fly over and give us lessons. I did that for two years, um, my freshman and sophomore year. You know, I rode the bench in football my freshman and sophomore year, and going into my junior year, I didn't want to ride the bench anymore. So I had to make the decision on whether I was going to go to summer practice every day or continue with my flying lessons. So I made the choice to put flying down and pick up football full-time and go to practice and commit to the summer conditioning. It paid off as I got a scholarship and went on to, to do my thing playing football, but flying was always in the back of my mind. My mother had a pilot's license when she was younger. Uh, when she passed in uh, 2021, I was going through a lot of her uh, you know, archives and photos and things like that. And she actually had a group of friends called the Bessie Coleman Aviators, who were black women who flew planes. And they had a mission statement. They had dues. They paid dues. I think they were like $25 a year. But they would rent planes and help each other get their hours and earn their license. So kind of going through those archives with my mom kind of put that thought back in my mind and you know, I, I'm someone who loves new challenges. And, you know, you think about this stuff and you're like, how do I do it? So one day I called out to the airport and I said, hey, you, you know, you guys got flying lessons. They're like, yeah. I'm like, how much does it cost? They told me how much does it cost. And I'm like, okay, you know, what would I need to do to get started? And she's like, uh, come in on Tuesday. We can get you in. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm doing this then. So I go out there and, and started flying. And it's been great. And, you know, I, I tell these kids every time, my dad used to tell me this, every time you learn something new, your brain expands. You know, taking on new challenges, you become, you become smarter by getting smarter. You got to learn new things. You got to take on new challenges. You got to learn new skills. So this has been my thing for the last maybe about four months, uh, going up and taking lessons and just conquering this has, has been um, – it's been challenging. It's made me think and grow and stretch in a way that I hadn't done in a long time. So it's been cool. And, and, and the kids think it's pretty cool yeah. that I'm up there flying around on the weekends after the game. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. What you think about fun. that, Jim? And then I'll let you go. I'm surprised uh, <laughs> that you are doing that. I, yeah. I go over there. I hang out at Nick Popovich's hangar. Yeah. <laughs> you ever go over there? I've been there. I've been yeah, there a yeah. couple times. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple parties in there. Yes, and they have and, and uh, I didn't get invited. He That's, is. Yeah. You. Yeah. Hear, you'll get an invited. Yeah. <laughs> you get one. Yeah. Get there. Uh, but uh, you know, I Brent Brazier from Docs, whom you know here. He has been taking lessons, and he's always like, hey, man, I know you like flying this and that. You know, you should take lessons. And I'm like, I just don't have it in me, man. I just don't. So I, uh, I'm, you know, appreciative of what you're doing because yeah. it is really hard. You know, I've it gotten is. in the plane with him, and he showed me everything. I go, man, I'm never, I'm never going to mm-hmm. concentrate enough to learn that. So you're you're learning something as an adult that is really hard. It is. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, when I think back to my mom and her kind of story on, how, on why she did it, she she took flying lessons to conquer a fear of flying. She had a fear of flying, and she said, if I'm going to get in a plane, I'm going to know everything about it. How does this thing stay in the air? So she started studying it, and that led to her taking lessons. And she conquered her fear of flying by flying the plane herself. And my instructor said this the other day, like, if you're up there with a passenger or a friend or something, and they get a little sick, they start getting a little sick, let them take the wheel. Let them take the yoke, and by giving them control, it relieves some of your anxiety because you feel like you actually have control over over the plane yourself. So, you know, that's kind of a metaphor for life. You know, when you take control of your own life, some of that fear goes away. It's not somebody else controlling what I'm, what I'm doing. It's, it's me. You know, when you're on a plane for Southwest, you don't know what the captain's up there doing. But right. When you're actually sitting there yourself and you're in control, it's not it's not so uh, it's not so scary. I have a little issues with flying, <laughs> and as you're talking about that, you probably saw him getting yeah, a little yeah, bit. Like sweating a little bit. Like, <laughs> like, uh. Hey, man, uh, good luck. I know you Thank got a, you. you got a couple of good games coming up in yeah. the next two Fridays. And then, uh, shameless plug, we'll have the uh, sectional drawing show on Sunday, and I'm sure you guys will all be watching we'll and be listening. Tuned in. Yeah, yeah. Thank right. you for no, let, thanks you. for you let me. You're the co-pilot. Hi, hi yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah. co-pilot. Yeah, see, co-pilot. see how it all comes back together. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank <laughs> no. you. All right. Uh, awesome as always. And coach, you know, what type of coach you would say pivoting back to football? What type of coach you you would say you are? What type of personality Man. you have? Because deal with all type of egos kids who think they're pros already but they deal with outside distractions right Mm -hmm. you coach a kid one day he goes home and the parents kind of just rewire him to thinking Mm -hmm. back this is why you're there and you like no son like this is who you are and this is the reality so what type of coach are you are you uh i I think i'm a i'm a new school old school coach New school, old school. I'm, I'm old school and these kids could get disrespectful yeah i mean they they could try to challenge you um for parents that think their kid is just uh, an angel because of what they see on social. You know, you have to, you, you know, you have to command respect. Um, we've got our team expectations, and, and those are printed. They're on the wall. Uh, number one, our first expectation is that everybody in our program is going to gra- uh, graduate from high school. Right. Uh, number two is we're going to win the conference championship every year. And number three is that you're going to re- represent yourself, your family, and Westside High School in a first-class manner at all times. They see that every day. They hear that from me. So we everything we do is kind of modeled af- after those three expectations. So they know that my first priority is that they graduate from high school. So going to class, uh, 
acting accordingly in class, being prepared for class is the number one goal of our program. That's that's what we talk about, I would say, the most. Um, and number two is winning. So, you know, when you have those two things at the head of your program, everything kind of works itself out. They know they have to do what they need to do on the field so that they can win, and they know they have to do what they need to do in the classroom. So they know where my heart is. They know where my, my passion is. I want them to, to, to get a high school diploma and go on to secondary education, military, workforce, whatever it is. But you have to get out of high school first. So uh, when you pour into them that way and they know that everything I'm doing is for their success in one of those two areas, I think the parents and the kids uh, take to what I'm doing. But we're old school. I mean, you got to be on time. You have to be accountable. Um, we, we've got a group chat and, you know, these kids are different. They have a lot of other priorities. I've right. got a lot of kids who play other sports who and other activities like dance or this or that, uh, play, uh, in the band and we give them freedom to go do those things. Right. Um, but they got to tell us. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you communicate and say, Hey coach, uh, I won't be there today cause I got to go here. I got a doctor's appointment. I got a lot of kids who are taking care of siblings. They got to leave practice in the middle of practice and go pick up their siblings from somewhere, take them home, and they come back. Right. You know, when you make those, I'm going to say, concessions and understand that football is not the number one priority for everybody. You know, if there's a kid who tells me I want to be a Division One kid, I'm going to treat him differently than the kid who says, you know, I play football but I also play in the band. Right. So on homecoming, I'm going to have to go change and go, you know, play the drums, and then I'll be back. Well, you treat him differently than the kid who says, Coach, I want to go to Michigan State and play football. Right. Well, your level of commitment, your level of uh, being here and your weight room and your summer is going to look totally different than the kid who's here to, to have fun, make sure that high school football is an important part of his high school experience, and, 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 and we want to make things great for him, and we want to make things great for the one who wants to go D1. So we, so we treat him differently. A lot of those – those characteristics you named about your team, a lot of outside schools, your opponents, right, who are not in the Gary community don't understand some of the challenge you got to go through. And every program has their own eternal challenges, but some not amount to, hey, hey, coach, I got to go pick up, um, you know, my ki personal kid because I got yeah. a child or <laughs> yeah. I got to go and, and pick up my brothers and sisters from the daycare because yep. mom don't get off till midnight. Yep. But I'll be back. How relieved are you when – you receive those dividends by a win like Griffith, right? And Because and, those challenges plays a big part in preparation. Yeah. And the fact that you can weather the storm with kids of that matter, because I, I grew up in Gary at Bowman with Marvin Ray. Yeah. And he held his program to a high standard. Yeah. But the challenges we had to face was school fights, right? Yep. A riot before the game. But we still had to be locked in. So mm -hmm. how, how sweet is that win, you know, for you to celebrate – with all those challenges you got to go through. Well, <laughs> mo most importantly, I'm glad that the kids could see the su success uh, against a program like Griffith. And mm -hmm. I told them, you know, all week what the atmosphere was going to look like, uh, the history of state championships that Griffith has. And um, we prepared them. The amazing thing is one of the kids who kind of what we're talking about, one of my kids who has to leave and go pick up his siblings and come back to practice had two pass breakups on the final drive to seal the deal for us, you know, and, and, and maybe in another program he wouldn't even 
be in the starting lineup because he's not, a coach might say, 100% all in. Right. But he is 100% all in because he's doing what he has to do for his family and then coming back and being here for us. That That's ultimately uh, ultimate sacrifice is being ultimately accountable. I respect him more than the, than the kid who's here, you know, and, and doesn't have all these outside things going on. So we understand um, what our kids are going through. I mean, that's why we feed them. We right. try to feed them twice a week. On Thursday, I've got amazing sponsors. Shout out to Kelly Soul Kitchen, yeah. who has been feeding our boys. Uh, we had some other sponsors as well. Uh, Hope ASW Foundation uh, fed us last Hope. week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we feed them because, you know, on Thursday, I want to make sure that they get a good meal, meat and potatoes meal in their belly before we go play on Friday because it's no guarantee they're getting that at home. Right. Uh, no guarantee they're getting that at home. So we, we feed the kids. So it, it's a different set of challenges, and it, and like you said, it makes it that much more gratifying, satisfying when we go out and beat uh, anyone. I mean, when we go when we go win, I mean, Griffith, Griffith is, I guess, is a marquee win um, this year. Last year we, we beat Highland, who, who's a great team this year. I mean, we've had some wins right. um, so far, and it's awesome that the kids see the success. If they stay the course, do things right, take care of the grades so that they're eligible to play, and go out there and execute the game plan, we can have success against anybody. We got 15 minutes, Coach, and, you know, you go against trying to have that momentum going in this week. Yeah. You know, just like in basketball, you just got to see that first shot go in and then yep. catch some rhythm. That was a big dub last week, but you got – my guy Rob's alma mater, <laughs> Bishop No, and he got some questions, you know, for you that uh, he's been stirring back there. All uh, right, Rob, I'm kicking Let it your rip. way. All right, I got three quick hitters for you. Uh, first one, so playing at Westside back in the day, and now you're coaching at Westside. What does that actually mean to you? Uh, it means the world to me. It means the world to me. Um, my coaches that I had at Westside are like father figures. I had an amazing father. Uh, my dad taught in the school system for almost 40 years, and I couldn't ask for a better uh, upbringing with my mother and my father both being there for me and the way they raised me. But Coach uh, Gene Johnson was like a second father, and Coach Jason Johnson, I would say he's like an uncle, you know. So my, my coaches were like family, and uh, my teammates are like family. Uh, Anthony Jones was a teammate at Westside, and now he's an assistant coach, and we played together at Ball State, you know, and he, he's closer to me than anybody in the world. So um, just those ties, the, those bonds that were created back at Westside mean so much to me. So now to come back and give that same experience to, to our kids uh, means the world. And, and you know, Westside, I, I, I rode my bike through the hallways of Westside. Remember, my dad was teaching there. I, I was riding a tricycle, a big wheel, through the hallway. So it, it's in my blood. Uh, you know, my my heart pumps orange and blue. So to see it kind of fall off for a while and then come back and, you know, um, this run that we're on now is one of the most successful runs in Westside history. When you go back and, and look at it, um, this class has a chance to – have three winning seasons, you know, and I don't, you know, my my going back and looking at the records has never been done. Right. Even in the 70s when we had teams that were, we had a team that was 10-1, and one, 
The next year they were like nine and two, and then the following year they were like four and six. So yeah, there's never been a run of three consecutive winning seasons uh, in my review of the uh, of the record books. So we've got a chance to do that. We go out and take care of Bishop Noel on Friday, and then we got Calumet the following week. You know, these these young men could be uh, one of the most successful classes in Westside history, and they won. They had a winning record um, as sophomores under Coach Schreiber before I got there, but we'll finish up with two winning seasons this year. All right. I love I love that answer you had about being, you know, going through your blood. You really feel that when you you have that presence of being <laughs> in the school and, you know, as a player and then you come back, you know, you you get that itch. I've had the itch even to go back and coach baseball at Bishop Noel. It's, it's something I, I do want to do one day. Um, but now being in the GSSC, you know, you mentioned playing Bishop Noel. You just played Griffith. You got Calumet next week. What does that mean for your program, joining a conference like the GSSC? Well, First of all, it, it, it shores up our schedule. It makes sure that we have uh, meaningful games throughout the whole season. Uh, last year, we had to travel to Indianapolis twice to play. And they were great games. We won both of them. And we have a lot of alums in Indy that came out to support. But it's nothing like playing a game at home or maybe at River or, or uh, you know, hopefully this uh, Friday at Hammond. Uh, the game will be played at Hammond Central, but hopefully our, our Gary, our West Side crowd, and, and I say we're Gary's hometown team now, so everybody in Gary should be supporting the Cougars, not just West Side alum, but having the fans be able to travel to a local game against a, a, a local high school who's also doing well just makes the atmosphere uh, that much better. So that's the first part about being in the conference. It shores up our schedule and makes sure we have meaningful game that our fans can come out and support. The second part about being in the in the in the GSSC to me is giving an opportunity for us to showcase Gary. Because um, you know, uh teams have had to travel to us and they get to come in and see our facility, which is top notch, with one of the best in the in the region. And they get to see the hospitality and the the everything that our athletic director does to make sure that a visiting team has a great experience whether it's locker room or water or whatever it is that we do, and then see our fans and our security and see that you can come have a game in Gary and be safe uh, and have fun. Whether you win or lose, you're going to go home and, and, and everybody's going to be okay. So it gives us an opportunity to have other region schools come into our place and, and, and see that we put on a great show in Gary and you're going to have fun. It's going to be a competitive game and everybody's going to go home at the end of the day and say, wow, you know, that was, that was a good game. We got over to Gary and, and look forward to doing it next year. All so. right. And I got this last one for you. This one's tough. I had okay. to say, I had to say right. this tough last one. Give me your top three high school players you ever saw playing Gary. High school football players? That's easy. That's <laughs> easy. That's not a tough one. Uh, our 2013 team had, had uh, some of the best talent ever. Um, but I, I won't use all three from our team, but I would say the top players I've ever seen playing Gary, number one, Lonnie Johnson, who's still playing on Sundays, playing for the New Orleans Saints uh, as a safety, but he was a kind of a running back wide receiver and DB for us. Uh, John Vay Johnson, who broke every single wide receiver record at Westside and set some regional records. And then I'll go East Chicago for number three and say Marty Carter. Martavius Carter, who was the running back on that 2013 team, 
who, uh, I mean, just gave us fits. And we had one of the most high-scoring, action-packed, sectional championship games probably in region history. So that would be my top three that I've ever seen play. Uh, and then honorable mention would be uh, Derek Mister, my offensive tackle from last year who's playing in Minnesota. Uh, and then, you know, I could go down the list. I got teammates Brandon Moore, who was my offensive guard, who played at Illinois and played for the Jets for 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a historian with this. So I, I could give you a, a big list. But, yeah, top three would be Lonnie, John Vey, Marty Carter. Honorable mention, I'm go Derek Mister. Uh and, and my quarterback, Ramon Atkins, who who threw for probably 87 touchdowns in two years. Wow. You, you know, Rob hit me up and was like, hey, Reek, you want to go to the Bears game? And uh, I got two tickets for you uh, for this price. And I could see why Rob didn't want to go to the game. What's your <laughs> thoughts about the Bears, or is the Bears your favorite NFL team? The Bears are my favorite NFL team, you know. Um, we're down right now. I think Justin Fields – has some work to do, but we have not put him in the best situations. But uh, Eberflus is supposed to be a defensive coach, and the defense has not held up their end of the bargain. So Justin Fields, you know, for the first time, really showed us what he was capable of this weekend, and the defense blows a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. So I'm disappointed in the defense, um, I want to see more out of Justin Fields, but I, I have just higher expectations for a head coach who was hired. Right. as a def He was a former defensive coordinator, and it doesn't look like we can stop anybody at this point. They they, they said they need another brother by, behind the mic. Uh, they, they was chanting for – was it Lovey, Lovey Smith? Right? Well, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, should have never been fired. They, they did Lovey wrong, man. They fired Lovey. He was winning and gone to a Super Bowl. And what was he, 11 and – Six when he got fired. Or ten and six. Ten and six. Yeah. And they fired him, and we've had what two winning seasons since he left. <laughs> so yeah, don't 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 get yeah. me started on the Bears, man. That, that that's a that's a tragic story, and I hope mm -hmm. we don't waste uh, Justin Fields. You know, because you see it. Right. You see good quarterbacks who come out of college and just get gun shy and get beat up those first couple years, and they never materializing anything. So I hope that's not his story. He can bounce back um, either with the Bears or with somebody else. Are they – Are they? do they have the pick, Rob, to get um, – what is it? Caleb, Caleb Williams. Caleb yeah. from a USC. As of right now, they actually have the number one and the number two pick <laughs> in the draft because we're so bad. But um, the rumor is Caleb, Caleb will stay in college if it seems like a team he doesn't want to have the first pick has the first pick. Yeah, that really USC bag is us. different. That USC bag is different. Yeah, and he's probably making more NIL money than the coach okay. of the Bears. You know, last last five minutes, I've been a huge fan of Dion in general. Yeah. But the, the culture and the uh, accountability that he gives to reporters about his players, he kind of really doesn't mm -hmm. sugarcoat a coach. And mm -hmm. um, I was watching Saturday morning, watching him compete against um, – USC, right, because mm -hmm. he's down. He doesn't have Travis Hunter. But the message in general, that defines what a coach is, in my opinion, not just coaches X's and O's. Does that – do you see that type of energy from your players, the motivation that Dion gives with Colorado? Or do you see yourself in Dion, what you do for the city of Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish I had the gold jacket that Dion had. I mean, he's got instant credibility yeah. when he walks but into any living room. people forget about it too sometime also. 
uh, who? I don't know how. I don't know who because he's been on every commercial. He's been on <laughs> NFL Network. He's he's never left the spotlight. Yeah. Since he left the What's field. What's your thoughts about him I, shifting the culture in college bat, uh, football? I love I love what Dion is doing. I was a fan at Jackson State, and I saw some similarities in what he was doing at Jackson State to what we were doing as far as uh, upgrading facilities and upgrading the mindset and kind of changing the culture. I frankly was very disappointed when he left to go to Colorado because I Fair. wanted to see him have more success at Jackson. I understand why he left, you know, um, and I'm glad to see him having success at Colorado. Um, the main reason I was upset to see him leave Jackson to take the Colorado job was because Colorado was so bad. Right. And for me it said if – Someone with the stature of Dion can only get a job at an Owen or one win team. What does that say about black coaches coming right. from coming from you know how how will the coach of Southern what job is he eligible for if Dion is only eligible for a one win team? Right. So I thought Dion may get Florida State or FAU or or just a a, a more high profile job. But Dion knows wherever he goes is going to be high profile. Yeah. So he takes Colorado, and just by him walking through the door, ticket prices go through the roof. Ticket sales go through the roof. ESPN is coming in. College game day is coming in. But now he's able to hold the kids accountable to say, we're getting all of this stuff. You got to hold up your end of the bargain. And that is kind of one of the things that I say to our team. Our facilities are upgraded. Our uniforms, our equipment is upgraded. You have to be accountable and show up and show out on Friday nights to justify all this stuff. Right. And that's what Dion's done. He's, he's gone out and he's got the best kids. They've shown up. They've competed in every ball game they've been in except one. Um, you know, took USC down to the wire. And, you know, I think he's going to have some NFL talent come off that team. And he's going to be able to recruit more kids to come in there and play, and, and hats off to him. Hats off to Man, him. Hats off to you for uh, coming in the studio, you know, podding <laughs> with my, Rob, myself, and D-Lo. What was your thoughts overall before we let go and uh, we wrapping up here in the next two minutes? Well, this is awesome, man. I, I'm I'm proud of you. I uh, remember watching you really? uh, play ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was sitting that. in the stands, you know, back when you guys were uh, competing for state championships back in the day, and I, I was a fan of Marvin Ray and what you guys were doing and, kind of being an upstart program, a, a school that, you know, didn't have any – it wasn't even a school. And, right. And it became a school. We had and to sit out a year. We're, we're competing for state championships really off the rip. And I always said that Bowman basketball is just a hidden gem because, you know, I think at the time you guys were 2A or 1A or whatever 1A. you were. Right. You were 1A, but you were in the middle of Gary. So it's like you're in 5A territory. Right. You know, you were not a 1A player. You were you were a 5A player. You could have yeah, went to Maryville or at Carmel or anywhere and been a star, but uh, you were at Bowman. So you guys just dominated and just ripped through everybody. So I, I remember watching you as a player, and then I, I followed your podcasting journey and Excited to see what you do with uh, Paragon and ESPN and all that kind of stuff, man. Just proud of you and where you come from and your story and happy that I could come on and share mine. Love. Much appreciated, bro. And uh, I'm looking forward to having a part two. Uh, Rob, as always, appreciate you, man, being in the nest and having those three questions locked and loaded. Yeah, appreciate you having me, man.
Are, are you going to come out Friday night to the Bishop Noel game? I wanted to be Let's there. Let's put you on the hot seat. <laughs> I wanted to be there, but no, I gotta, I'm got. i going to be at uh, Hanover and Drain uh, producing Jimmy, that game. Uh, Jimmy okay. got you working. Right. Jimmy got you got to right. crack the top ten now for WJOB. That's why We're I wanted, trying. I wanted to trying. put Jim, Jimmy on the spot, <laughs> like what we got to do to get Gary Westside on the chart. So I think. You know this we, this W with the momentum. We've been in the like next up. We've been in the next up for like four or five weeks straight. So either way, either way, we use it as motivation. I Absolutely. can tell my kids, look at this. They still not respect Marvin. Us. Marvin used to do that. <laughs> um, before we cut it off, Marvin used to. We had a game at Wheeler, and uh, Coach Tross, who was the Bishop No head coach, um, said a statement about Marvin and our team and how we operate. And Marvin gave each one of us a paper clipping before the game at Wheeler. And he said, I, I want you guys to press every second. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want you guys to win by 20 plus. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to get into a fight if need be tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. that That's was one Marvin. Of, that was one of many Marvin Ray stories against Bishop No. So it was always that animosity towards Bishop No. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, as long as my kids go out and play hard, man. My man. Appreciate you. Thank you.